Blog Talk Radio. I used to stay, trying to stay up 
called Midnight. That's when I was a kid before I ever had a chance to see it, and it just never happened. I would just wake up and it's like, wow, it's already the new year. So when I was when I was 19 years old, I went with a group of friends. We finally made it there. I made it to Times Square. It was a very cold night. Luckily, it wasn't rainy. We were hungry, had to go to the bathroom, and we were stuck in this giant crowd. And it was an amazing experience, just just standing there for a few hours, waiting for this moment, which I've seen on TV so many times. And it finally came. And it was beautiful. And oh, yeah, how many, I, how many people? How many people were there? Like, was it crowded when you were 19? Was it just as crowded as it is yes, now? It, yes, it was. It was, I'm sure there were tens of thousands of people there. I don't know really. Because, and also, when I went, it was 1997. And in 97, it was, in the late 90s, there was a big deal about getting ready for the millennium, getting ready for the years to Stop starting with 19 and start at the year 2000. The year 2000 was a big deal. And there were all these, all this construction going on as everything was ready. Apparently, the Marriott Marquis, which is a one of, one of the um, famous hotels in Times Square, right in the middle of the theater district with all the Broadway theaters, when it opened in 1984... They already were starting to take reservations, and, were, and they completely booked the hotel for New Year's Eve, December 31st, 1999. And this was in 1984. So it's, it certainly has been a big deal. It is a big thing. And, and also, when you go back to Times Square, I think you can always segue into one person who is very much associated with New Year's Eve, even though he really physically is unable to do much anymore. But when you think of New Year's Eve, at least in terms of New York and in terms of national television coverage, there's only one guy you think of, it. that's Dick Clark. Mm-hmm. And, and there's... Certainly someone who's worked in television and has worked in brief music for decades, the world's oldest teenager. And how old did we say he is now? He's about, what, 82 years old? Yeah, 82, I believe. Born, uh, November, yeah, born November 30th, uh, 1929, Ian. Um, 82. Wow. And, and the fact is, every year, no matter what the year was, well, things change. People, TV shows get canceled. Hosts get replaced. But one constant had always been on New Year's Eve, you had Dick Clark out in Times Square dropping that ball, rigging in the New Year. And these days, he had a stroke in 2004, and he hasn't, we haven't seen much of him since being, I mean, really just going past the stroke and the investments of his age, yet every year he's in there. He's not actually outside Times Square anymore. He's usually in the Good Morning America studios with the 
with the window facing the crowd. But seriously, like how many like as as Jay and I were speaking about before the show started, how many people are associated with a holiday or for a specific day of the year? I mean, it's the clock. That's right. Of course, and, it's, uh, some, one of the mine. And, and this this television franchise, which he created, even though he's not active in it, I mean, this is something that's going to last long after he's gone. As these days, the show's executive produced and hosted by Ryan Seacrest. And with Ryan Seacrest, who has had all the success with American Idol and his appearances on E! and being a television and now a film producer, that this New Year's franchise is going to stay in good hands. You can't think of so many people where they've been there forever and then they get replaced. Like Johnny Carson had to retire. Bob Barker had to finally retiring. But it's it's people who have been there forever. And... All I can do is, whether you liked him or not, just applaud the longevity. Right, and it's also, this is their 40th, 40th year celebration, Ian. And um, so it's been on since, I believe, uh, 1972 or something like that. Um, it's going to be a great, great, great headline there. Um Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber and a lot of other people are going to be out there doing their thing. Um, oh, you know, Big Park is just, he's, he's just wonderful. Even, even I'd like to share something with you. My first record I had out was on American Bandstand, and I was so happy that this thing came out. It was called Shake and Groove It. And you remember the segment? Of American Bandstand, I don't know if you remember Ian, but they had a segment where they they uh, voted and they judged and they kind of voted and judged records. So here I am at my house, waiting for my record to be judged and voted upon. And they usually take two records, and the kids get up there and they say, "Well, this one had a beat I can dance to. This one I, I didn't like the beat, or I don't think it's going to do good." And my record won won the voting. And I was so excited, you know, as a kid, because here I always wanted to have a song on American Bandstand, and I finally, finally wrote a song, and it came out of Dick, Dick Clark's mouth, Shake and Groove It, and it was just a wonderful thing. So I've been in love with Dick Clark for years, and to have him uh, use one of my choruses and actually come out of his mouth was amazing, because I made it up in my auntie's living room, and here I am looking at Dick Clark announce my song on American Bandstand. That's uh, that's a great memory, Dick Clark memory for me. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing Dick Clark on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And just to think that that although you do have this big national thing, you have the, and in 1997 I was at Times Square, I think it's important for me to share what happened in 1998. Where the oh, where before I'll go back to 1997 first. We were having dinner. My three friends and I that went to New Year's Eve, along with two other friends of ours, they weren't going to Times Square. They were going to Madison Square Garden to see a certain band called Fish. And and for those who have listened to this show or the or our previous show, Parents Kids Music, before you you, you all know I have a big 
fan of this band. I've seen them many times, but my very first concert was New Year's Eve, December 31st, 1998, at Madison Square Garden, as they were ringing in 1999. And they started with Prince, covering Prince's song 1999. And I've just been in love with not just Bad Fish, but just Madison Square Garden for being this show place for New Year's Eve. And Jay, I'd, I'd like to take a step back for a second because we have our first guest ready. Oh. I will bring him on. I will bring him on right now. Hello, this is Bolan. Yes. Hello. Good afternoon, Jay. This is Lance Bolan from Heart to Heart Music. Excellent. Um, thank you for joining us. This is Ian here in New York, and then Jay in California. Wonderful, Paul. Hi, Wonderful. Ian. Hi, Jay. How are you guys doing today? Great. Excellent. Great. Excellent. I'm, I, yeah, I certainly would like to hear about the kinds of music that you're involved with and and really what it is and and why you – how where music plays an important role in your life. Okay, taking a step back um, – so heart H E A R T to A R T music, art to art music, is a label that I'm affiliated with and again it means the the the, the tagline is putting your passion into your passion. So music for us is not about making money. It's really what we're most passionate about is the thing that that's in our life, that kind of art form that, that drives us on a daily basis. Irrespective of the fact that we may be working nine to five and you know having a life outside, that's really our our core passion, and so that's that's a driving force for us. Now we look at music as a mean both to express our creative thought, but also as a, a medium for change, and 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 change in a positive sense. One of the, our subsidiary labels that we have. Uh, is one jam music, and what one jam music aims to do is to be a uniting force, a global uniting force through music. One jam was born out of the idea that over the past few years, uh, the Jamaican music landscape has been, to some extent, uh, dominated by some artists who has questionable values. The music uh, was what we some people call murder music. It was more divisive music, similar to uh, gangster rap, that was coming to the fore. And we saw that as being divisive. And with one jam, we meant to, instead of polarizing people, to bring people together. So our tagline there is, irrespective of where you're from, you know, it's one jam, jam in the sense of a party, but jam also in the sense that, you know, we are Jamaicans, Jamaicans in the diaspora, Jamaicans at home, that we are, even though we're in disparate places, we still have the common idea of, you know, improving our lot. And, you know, given that today's election day uh, in Jamaica, it's probably important to convey to the listeners that uh, over you know, the last 30 years on election days in Jamaica, we've fought, they were preceded 
by uh, extremely violent campaigns. But today, in Jamaica today, they, there's no violence and to speak of or as reported as yet. And the, the, the lead up to the, cap, to the election day today was very, very peaceful. And one of the things about one jam was that Jamaica was divided along two party lines and, you know, polarizing the PNP from the JLP. And one jam was also saying, irrespective of what party line you're on, you know, or you're, you, which side of the boundary you're on, we were saying one jam, one Jamaica for the betterment of all people. So it's all, all about starting at home and saying improvement for people in Jamaica, unification for people in Jamaica, and then taking it on the global scale and saying, yes, we wanted everybody to feel comfortable in our party. It was an inclusive party, not an exclusive party. Yes, and, and the music that that you're involved in with, with your labels, like, well, what does it sound like and what makes it different from these other Jamaican artists who from, who you're not necessarily a fan of? Right, so today we're working primarily with an artist known as, his name is Nando Griffiths, or simply put, Nando. And with Nando, Nando's album, which is forthcoming in the spring, entitled Yard and Abroad, okay, is meant to showcase Jamaican or migrants, really, in the diaspora. So... For yard and abroad, for those who no, you listeners who may not know, the term yard refers to Jamaica or your home country, but specifically Jamaica. And then abroad, you know, re- reflecting that we are migrants in America. And with yard and abroad, we look at that the, the, the two sides of the musician in the diaspora wanting to remain true to your roots on one side and then embracing the the culture of your diaspora. So given our Jamaican background, the yard side is heavily reggae-influenced music. It's um, the organic stuff. It's live instruments, drums, bass, guitars. You know, that's the live side. And then the abroad stuff is more R&B, urban pop uh, type music. That reflects that we're in the you know the metropolis you know we're in the big city where uh, the urban sounds dominate. So again, the Jamaican side primarily uh, positive music and lovers rock. When we say positive music, uplifting music. In fact, from that side of the sea, disc has come a single so far in yielded uh, get better, which is which is Nando's first single. Uh, in Jamaica, and that went to number one on Jamaican charts. And that song speaks specifically to mothers and single mothers who are raising their children and saying that things indeed are going to get better if you continue to work hard and, you know, use education as a means of empowerment for, for the woman. And even if it doesn't get better for the first generation person directly, you know, it should feed feed off, your, your children should benefit from it in, in, in the long run. And it was that song that spawned Nando's Get Better Foundation because even though he's just a, you know, a newcomer to the game per se over the last two years that he's been taking his music career seriously and just getting his first number one a couple of months ago, 
we recognize that although he's not a star, that we can still give back in our little way at this time. The funny thing is, we were reading the Jamaican paper just at about the time that Get Better was closing in on the number one position in the charts in Jamaica. And there's a story about a young woman who had qualified to enter University of the West Indies in Jamaica. But her husband had passed away earlier in the year, and there she was, a single mother with a child, with a son, and she was unable to afford the tuition to go to college, to, to go to university, and she had no way out. And we were saying, this shouldn't be. This is the exact same message that we are, this, this exact same person that we're speaking to in Get Better, or speaking about, that we're encouraging. And we should not be reaping success off stories like this and not giving back at the same time. We have to acknowledge and give back. And so we started the Get Better Foundation. And what we've been doing is we've been raising money to go towards that young lady's tuition in Jamaica at the University of West Indies. And in the spring, before Nando's album release, we'll make a donation towards that. That's good. Yeah, Bowen, this is Jay. I want to ask a couple of questions about your nonprofit, Get Better Foundation. Um, when did when was that conceived, and um, how do we donate to it? And tell us a little bit more about your foundation. Okay, the Get Better Foundation. It's not a 501c as yet. We formed it in October, and we'll be going through the 501c paperwork. What we did though was we launched a Get Better campaign on Chipping. Okay. Chipping dot com slash um, Get Better. Get better. Right. And I mean, what we can do, Jay, is we can provide that information, the exact hyperlink, which I don't have handy right now, but it's it's, it's via chipping.com that we did to get better. But we can, we can, I can provide that direct hyperlink to you after the show. And you okay, can circulate that to your listeners. Excellent. We will share with the listeners on listengive.com and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash listengive. And, and yes, I, I, I certainly acknowledge you for embracing music and having it to your heart and giving back, as it's a big part of what Listen Give is about, about the music and the giving back. Now, the thing I'm interested in is also the the name of the company and where that came from. Well, again, Heart to Art Music, H-E-A-R-T to A-R-T, was um, born out of the of the, the the founder's common passion for music. So it was all about putting our passion into our passion. At a time when we were seeing that it wasn't uh, as lucrative as we had initially thought music business was, or we we were entering music at a time when it was actually going down. And we said, listen, irrespective of that, it's not so much about the money. It's really about doing what we love doing. So there, you know, it's about putting your passion, your heart into your creative passion. And that's where Art to Art came from. And the subsidiary label, One Jam, that name 
was born out of the desire to create music that is inclusive and irrespective of your race, creed, religion, that the party was all-inclusive. You could come and make this one jam. And at the same time, it also had another meaning, given that founders are from Jamaica, but living in the diaspora, we wanted to... Uh, address the issue of polarization where you know some people say oh you know you're you're a foreigner just because you're you have migrated or you traveled abroad some other Jamaicans would look at you as a foreigner and we'd say no it's it's one Jamaica irrespective of where you are so one jam was a, was all about inclusiveness you know making music that is fun and uh, and bringing people together well, I have a question I have a question bowling I wanted to I wanted to know, you know what you what do you do for a living? And the other question was, have you ever wanted to perform yourself, or are you a musician, or have you ever wanted to be a performer? <laughs> Very interesting questions. Okay, I work for one of the top investment banks in the country as a risk analyst. So this, it, I'm, I'm not a musician, not trained in music. Uh, I've written. A number of songs, though, and uh, some of them have been pretty successful. The, but it, my introduction to music actually came while I was working at Deloitte and Touche about ten, twelve years ago uh, as an auditor, and I was bored out of my mind, and I knew I didn't want to do what I was doing. I was like, yes, I went to to, to university. I got a degree in accounting. Yes, I got a CPA, but that's not what I wanted to do. Um, I and it was then that I started making up lyrics, and I would, you know, play games on people by, you know, in my own singing voice, which is very very poor. <laughs> okay. Um, I would hum lyrics to people, and people would say, "Where can I go get that song?" I was like. Oh, you could go to the record store and they would go and they found it, find that that song didn't exist. I actually wrote it. And from there I started writing music. I got some successes in Jamaica. And I kept doing it because I realized that that's what I really enjoy doing. So hopefully with um, the release of Nanda's album in the spring, it will be successful enough that we can uh, quit our day jobs and focus on what we enjoy, which is really the music. That's, that's beautiful. So how you've been writing lyrics and songs for how long? All your life? Did you start very young, or did you just pick this gift up, uh, you know, in the last couple of years? How, how did that pan out? Well, I started about, you know, 10 years ago. Um, the first song I wrote in Jamaica actually became a big hit for the performer in Jamaica and across Europe. It was a song called Lighthouse. Um, for Bushman, and it was a song that, again, was a positive, uplifting song. And then, the, you know, the intervening years, I found it difficult to get people to sing my songs. Uh, okay, it was kind of difficult to, to get people in Jamaica to sing to sing your songs, because people would ask, what's your track record? Um, you're not connected, you, you work at a bank, you're not in the industry, you're not an insider. It was difficult to get people. But over the last two years, we've been working with Nando, and we've been collaborating on a lot of things. So he writes, I write, we have two other members of the team that write as well. And so, you know, among between our, from the four of us, 
come come these these songs. And we have a 16-track album pretty much completed and ready to go in a couple of months. Well, I wish you the best. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Well, we thank you. Thank you very much, Bolan, for joining us today. We'd like to thank you, Heart to Art Music, and also Asha and and Tamo for joining us at the and performing at our Listen Give launch event last week. Yes, thank you very Today. much for having us. Thank you very much. So thank, thank you, and you have a happy new year. Uh, same to you. And remember to celebrate right, life as we go into the, the new year. Okay. Thank, you, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's a great note to end with. Celebrate life. <laughs> I invite everyone... Who, no matter what you're doing for New Year's Eve, whether you're playing music or watching Dick Clark or something else on TV, I invite everyone to be responsible. Don't drink and drive. It's not worth it. Like, life is precious. And I invite you to find ways to just be in contribution, Jay. Uh, I think it's wonderful. And uh, like the song says, get better. And the Get Better Foundation, we wish them well. And um, it's great that we have organizations, nonprofit organizations, that are out there giving back to the community. And that's what this show is about, you know, what you could do to help the planet. And I just, I'm just, i just glad that we had a wonderful guest that's giving back. And so is his artist, Nando, is giving back. And so we wish well to the Get Better Foundation. And everything is going to get better after New Year's. And I think we're going to have a great, great New Year's. What do you think of this is going to be a great year. 2012 is a year which people have been looking forward to for years. Some people think it's going to be the end of the world. I think I don't think it's going to be endings. I think it's a, we're all about new beginnings, about there you go. about bettering ourselves because this is a big year. You've got it's an election year here in the United States where where we may or may not have a new president. And you've got the Summer Olympics this year, which is going to be in London, England. It's going to be a beautiful year, everybody. So our second and final show of 2011 is in the books. You can all listen to the best of 2011 Listen Give Live on our Blog Talk Radio page, blogtalkradio.com Listen Give, which consists of basically these two episodes. We'll be back in the new year next week, next Thursday at 3 p.m. on 3 p.m. Eastern Time. It's going to be 12 noon on the West Coast. And, Jay, I wish I wish you and your family a happy new year. And the same to you, Ian. And we're going to have a great new year, and I wish you a wonderful new year. And I'll talk to you next year. Excellent. I'll see you next year, everyone. And remember to check out listengive.com. Find out about other ways that you can listen and give. So until then, Happy New Year. (laughs) 